Good news. The Rome family hour is over. All right, so we move now to hour number three. Appreciate you, clones, once again for indulging. That was fun. All right, so we start hour number three. It's a short week again. I will be in tomorrow, then Thursday and Friday I'm off, so we will have a beef segment tomorrow if you're wondering about that. I've got two interviews to do this hour. I'm efforting Blake Cashman right now, a linebacker for the Texans, who is having a huge year. He's coming off an enormous game. He's having a career year, in fact, and they are one of the best stories in the NFL. So Blake Cashman coming up momentarily. Later on, last segment of the program, it's about time we talk a little hockey, right? Bruce Cassidy, the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, will join me at 1140. Both of those interviews are scheduled via Zoom. Let me reset you very quickly as I'm efforting Blake Cashman. Telephone number is 1-800-636-8686. Two top stories in the NFL, the game last night. Chiefs and Philadelphia, you had a repeat of the Super Bowl. And the game itself was pretty entertaining, pretty compelling, unless you're a Chiefs fan and you now know, well, you already knew coming in, but last night the entire world saw it on national stage. None of those guys can catch the football. Even Travis Kelsey could not catch the football last night. And I made the statement that you would have never said this during their dynastic run, as explosive as they are offensively, and the Chiefs' defense was always kind of the Achilles heel, or at least a concern. Not anymore. That defense did its job. That defense balled. That defense is really good. The Chiefs' defense is better than the Chiefs' offense. Did you ever think there'd be a time when you would say that, well, Patrick Mahomes was in his prime and Andy Reid was the head coach? Fact. The Chiefs' defense is better than the Chiefs' offense right now. How do I substantiate that? If you can't catch the football, then your defense is better than your offense. Winds up. Long pass. Down the middle. He's got him. Over the shoulder. Drop. A drop at the two by Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Off his gloves. Incomplete. Third and ten. Stunned silence at Arrowhead. Wow. Man, I'll say. The Big Ed and I both were in stunned silence in our respective homes. Because we took the Chiefs and laid the points. I like MVS. I've always liked MVS. He's always been good to us. Always been good on the show. I'm not saying that that's an easy play to make. I'm saying that's a play he's got to make. He knows that. He knows that. You saw his reaction walking down the tunnel. Well, you heard his reaction. Right, Albie? When we visited with him, I don't care how it looks. So they lead the league in drops. I had said coming to that game that the offense, when we did big head bets yesterday, I said, here are my concerns. The offense, here were our concerns. James Kelly said, Kansas City wins that game if they catch the ball. So he was right on that. We ready? We are. So I'll finish my thoughts on that and reset that momentarily. But as promised, one of the best stories in the league right now, the Houston Texans. We are joined by a linebacker for the Texans. He's in his second season with Houston, fifth overall in the league. This season, he leads the team with 72 tackles, nine for a loss. He's got a couple of sacks. He's coming off an enormous game this past Sunday where he had a career-high 19 tackles in Houston's 21-16 win over the Cardinals. They are 6-4. and four. They've won three straight, and they've got a huge game against Jacksonville on Sunday. We are joined right now via Zoom by Blake Cashman. Blake, it's great to have you on. How you doing? 
I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. Thanks for making time for us. I appreciate you. So you beat Arizona, as I pointed out. That's four of your last five. Let me get your thoughts. What was your biggest takeaway from that win, and how do you feel about this group overall after 10 games? Well, I feel great with how the team is coming together, how we're gelling. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot of buzz and hype uh, with us right now, but, um, you know, that win against Arizona set us up, uh, you know, great going into this week against Jacksonville. It was a very good football team, and, you know, it's giving us an opportunity to, uh, you know, win this game and become number one in our division. So, Blake, you're five years in, so you're a vet. You've been around here. This is something probably more appropriate for a college player for me to ask. But like you said, there's a lot of buzz. There's a lot of hype. There is no shortage of people up in your ear telling you, man, you guys are awesome. You guys are the absolute greatest. As professionals, is it something you even discuss to make sure that you stay even keel and you stay within your process? Do you talk about that? Absolutely. Uh, it's something that we've you know been discussing in locker room the last really couple of weeks is just, um, you know, blocking out the noise. You know, there's, you know, a lot of good things being said about our team and players on our team, but, um, you know, we're really just focused taking the season one week at a time and uh, believing in, you know, our process that, uh, you know, has been working for us. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer that uh, in that, you know, whether the noise is good or bad, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta tune it out and, um, don't flinch with uh, within all the chaos. I like that. Noise is noise, good or bad. It's still noise. Even good noise is noise. Blake Cashman joining us. You know, you mentioned the noise and you mentioned the process. What about the culture? The culture. Like last year, you played in Houston after being traded by the Jets last spring. How much has the culture of the franchise changed under D'Amico Ryans in only his first year as head coach? You know, he brought in... Uh the swarm mentality but um the swarm culture and it's been great so far there's definitely uh, a massive noticeable change and you know that starts with the energy he brings in the building and then you know the energy and um the expectations that you know this this coaching staff demands on the players and you know as time has gone on since otas you know i i've really seen this team come together um, you know, the camaraderie is great. Everybody is, you know, picking each other up, holding each other accountable, which I think is very important. And it doesn't matter if it's, you know, a veteran player that's been playing nine, 10 years or a rookie. Everybody is very level, uh, level headed and, um, is, you know, holding their, the guy next to them accountable to, um, you know, play to the highest of their ability. And, uh, you know, those expectations are what's, you know, putting us in a good spot in the season right now. Blake Cashman joining us. Blake, did you say swarm culture? What does that mean, the swarm culture? It's uh, just the the mentality that uh, this team has. So, like, when we talk about on defense, um, you know, 11 hats swarm into the ball. Uh, it's, you know, it's about, uh, I believe, just seven that special work ethic and mindset every day, um, you know, having good uh, energy, meaning like no energy vampires, uh, just that, that positive competitiveness that each uh, player is expected to walk through the doors with because, um, you know, it takes a team competing with each other to um, be great to compete with the league. And, um, you know, it's all about building this team to become uh, a player-led organization because uh, the great teams, the best teams, 
uh, our player ran. So, um, you know, it's just about us, uh, you know, being there for each other, but uh, pushing us every day and raising the expectation and the standard um, to a new level each day, each week. I've always loved that phrase, energy vampires, man. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants an energy vampire. Nobody wants you to drain the energy (laughs) out of the room. I love that phrase. So, Blake, you had that monster game. You had 19 tackles. 13 of them were solo tackles. The numbers were huge, but keep in mind also, for those who don't know, you moved inside or and you played the Mike linebacker spot for the first time all year. For those who don't know, what does it involve to play the Mike? I mean, if the job itself is challenging enough, how much more challenging is it when you're the quarterback on the defense? And what are the responsibilities involved and include? Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's definitely more challenging, but uh, you got to command the defense. Uh, you have to be very vocal out there, getting everybody um, set and aligned and uh, make sure that every uh, guy on the defense, D-line, secondary, all 11 hats are running the same call, making the adjustments. And, you know, Arizona, they, they do a lot of different uh, run schemes. They, they throw, um, you know, these, these passing route concepts where they, you know, bring a lot of guys across the field, which, you know, can be, you know, eye candy for linebackers and safety. So uh, just really making sure everybody's on the, on the same page. And also, you know, having a great understanding of uh, what, you know, your coach is going to want to call given uh, the situation. So uh, you have to be very aware of, you know, how the game is progressing uh, through each quarter. All right. So you and I touched briefly on Jacksonville. This is a big game, a really big game. I don't need to tell you that. In fact, AFC South, the divisional lead is on the line against Jacksonville. You beat them earlier this year, 31 to 17. What was your takeaway from that September game? And then looking at film now, since then, looking at it now, what's your primary focus in slowing down Trevor Lawrence and the offense? Oh, uh, you know, it's going to take, you know, us uh, keeping the ball in front of us. I think uh, as a defense um, where we have struggled or where we have um, been hurt is when, you know, we let the ball get get over our head and for these big explosive plays, um, whether it's chunk yards or, or touchdowns. And, you know, he's playing at a very high level. Uh, they're, you know, having a great year. Uh, they got a lot of weapons on on offense. So uh, just really slowing those guys down, uh, keeping each play and the ball in front of us. Uh, and then, you know, we, we need to play complementary football. Uh, you know, we saw that against Arizona, you know, especially in the, in the first half. We felt like each phase of the game we, we, were, we were clicking, playing well. Uh, and when we beat Jacksonville in Jacksonville, you know, we were making big plays offensively. We were making big plays defensively and we were making big plays on special teams. So uh, really just clicking on all cylinders uh, is going to be key to you know beating a very good football team that's coming to our house. All right, so before I let you go, because you mentioned the offense, one last thought. We've talked so much on this show, everybody has, about C.J. Stroud. I mean, effectively, he's already locked up the Offensive Rookie of the Year award. I had made the argument that you got to put him in the discussion even for the MVP. You see him every single day. In your opinion, what makes this dude so unique, if not an outlier altogether? You know, his maturity and mindset, uh, that's what you know, has impressed me the most. Uh, you know, as he's progressed and has gotten better, you know, he stays very level headed, but has, you know, that 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 confidence and swagger that you need in, in a great quarterback. But um, he's just a guy that gets it. You know, you you meet this guy, you work with him for one day and, and you would never think he's a he's a rookie. You think he's been doing this for for eight years in the NFL. And, um, you know, he, he really came in, has 
uh, stepped up and uh, is vocal, um, a leader of this team. And he, he, he sets a standard on, you know, how guys should work, how guys, um, you know, need to handle themselves in the locker room and um, taking accountability and giving accountability. And, you know, everything he's done, you know, is is has not surprised any of us in our locker room why he's having so much success because um, he is is what you would call a true pro. I, I think it's incredible, right? Like you, you just said what you just said. Sheldon Rankins, your teammate who was on the show last week, and by the way, he was great. He, I, I, I could go on, on and on about what was so great about that conversation, but he said something very similar. It's amazing to me that a rookie can come in and not only get that kind of respect from vets like you two and others, but set the tone, right? A tone of accountability. What rookie does that? Like everything is moving so fast and everything is so intense when you're a rookie. Imagine a rookie having that kind of impact and setting the tone and holding other vets accountable man that is the highest praise is it not absolutely and uh you know I, i've never seen anything never i've never been around a player sort of other guys being around a rookie that is able to to do that and and uh you know handle everything that he's he's been given and uh there's a lot on his plate but you know he he has beaten expectations and has you know impressed everybody and you know, we expect him to continue to uh, play at the level he's playing because, like you said, you know, us here in Houston, we all agree he needs to be in that MVP conversation. Man, absolutely love the Texans, love the story, and that's a great matchup. I can't wait for that game. Jacksonville and Houston getting after it. Blake Cashman's having a great, great season, coming off an enormous game. We had 19 tackles. He was a defensive player of the week for the conference earlier in the year. Blake, really appreciate you. Thanks for making time, especially on a week like this. Great to have you on the show, Blake. Thanks so much. Thank you. Blake Cashman, that was great. Appreciate you. So he's second year with Houston, fifth overall, and leads the team tackles. A 19-tackle game last week. Duval, I know you're feeling this one. That is a big-time, big-time matchup. Texans got them earlier. They're playing for first in the South. That is a game with major implications. Can't wait for that. I don't know that I've ever heard vets rave about a rookie quarterback the way they do C.J. Stroud. I mean, like, well-respected vets who've seen everything and have been around everything, all saying that this guy's just different. His mindset, his discipline, his swagger, his ability to make plays, accountability, discipline, standard process. It's great. C.J. Stroud. And, and to think that there was all that, all those things said about him, his test scores and the questions about him, and now look at him. I think it's absolutely awesome. All right, when we come back, an open segment for you, and then we're talking hockey to wrap up the program. Remember, it's a short, short, short week. Tomorrow on the program, looking ahead, we have, wait for it, wait for it. Yeah, don't wait for it. I don't have it. We'll have a beef segment. I know that. Thanks, Alvy. Silk bras in. Silk says, cool of you to, cool of you to have Rogan Spicoli in studio. Busting out of the 818 to OC, best decision ever, Laguna, Cliff Street, Sesh, or 1,000 Steps. No, it's true, dude. I'm I'm 818 for life, but coming down to the 949 was our best decision ever. 
Dude, he is about that beach life. Bruh. That kid's always at the beach, brah. You'd be proud. He doesn't surf, but he's always at the beach. So much to be thankful for. Family, friends, food, and NFL football all week long. DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NFL action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. No matter your appetite, there is something for you. Money lines, parlays, props, live bets, so much more. You name it, you've got it with DraftKings. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY. Or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states. Age does vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions do apply. Bonus bets expire one. 168 hours after issuance terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. You're listening to the Jim Rome Show. Black Friday is Dale's biggest sale of the year. Save on laptops like the XPS 13. Engineer to do it all on the Intel Evo platform and more shop now at dell.com slash deals. All right, so, clones, if you thought that you were concerned about the state of the NFL, and to put it kindly, it's mediocre play, bull bleep rule changes, and horrible officiating, essentially I'm quoting all of you, it's not really my take, not entirely, but if those are your concerns, you are not alone. Somebody has your back, and really not just somebody, not just anybody, but a dude whose opinion carries a great deal of weight. I'll give you a hint who that is. Bah! 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 I'll give you one more hint. Bacon46. Who knew? That was who awesome. knew in the GOATS gap year before taking on the lead analyst chair in the Fox booth that that nerd actually lost some of his cliche cornball BS and is speaking a little more loosely and getting nice. I'm guessing in many of your opinions, he's speaking a lot more accurately. Just like we drew it up. (laughs) We drew it up. A lot less of that. Yeah, my man. That there sounds nothing like the dude who joined my dude, a fellow member of the 1014 Club. They suck to the power of a thousand sucks. No, no, not that member, fellow member. And he is a fellow member (laughs) of the 1014 Club. Not that guy, not Rit. I don't know what the old man is doing right now, but I'm pretty sure he's not interviewing Tom Brady. Maybe he's still talking to Tom Dolby. Which he did on his segment. But not Tom Brady. No, another member of the 1014 Club is my guy Stephen A. Smith. And it's true. Old Bacon 46 sat down with Stephen A. And was anything but the previous Bacon 46. I don't know. Maybe he turned Bacon 47. And something changed. I don't know. But check out the way he's 
getting loose now. Check out the way he's cutting loose now. Dude, cut loose on the current state of the NFL. Listen to what he had to say, Tom Brady, about the product right now. I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. I think the coaching isn't as as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. So I just think the product, in my opinion, is less than what it's been. Have some, Raj Goodell. Yeah, but how about some footloose, man? That dude's cutting loose. And he's baking. Thanks, Alvin. I'd say your product right now, in the eyes of the goat, not good. Below not good. Below not good. And he was not done. He wasn't just dinking and dunking on coaches or the average performances. Just like on the field, he was spraying the ball all over the place and was not afraid to go deep and challenge the sensitive subject matter of player safety either. Yes, he went there. He talked about player safety. And not to go all hefty on current players and just say toughen up. You know, toughen up. Bacon 46 made it pretty clear. If offensive players would smarten up, they would not be getting hurt so often. I look at a lot of players like Ray Lewis and Rodney Harrison and Ronnie Lott and guys that impacted the game in in a certain way. And every hit they would have made would have been a penalty. Mm. You hear coaches complaining about their own player being tackled and not necessarily, why don't they talk to their player about how to protect himself? We used to work on the fundamentals of those things all the time. Now they're trying to be regulated all the time. Offensive players need to protect themselves. It's not up to a defensive player to protect the offensive player. A defensive player needs to protect himself. I didn't throw the ball to certain areas because I was afraid players were going to get knocked out. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. Wow. I didn't throw it to the middle when I played Ray Lewis because you knock him out of the game and I couldn't afford to lose a good player. I can't even believe this guy. Like, did Stephen A. find a bacon imitator? Did he find some actor or impersonator who sounds exactly like Tom Brady? I've never heard Brady sound like that. You know, like real and not corny and cheesy. Like, that dude's just, I don't know, foot loose. <laughs> He's just cutting loose with it. I mean, he sounds like some old school... Like LT or Ray Nitschke or Dick Butkus talking about the way it should be. The way this guy just played the game a couple years ago. He's not that far removed. I'm 45 years old, man. Now, I know some of you will quickly point out, now, wait a second, wait a second. What a hypocrite. This guy's talking about player safety and that offensive players, if they were to protect themselves, they'd be better off and all these rule changes are making the game so much worse. And I know that when I played the game and I knew Ray Lewis was patrolling the middle, I didn't put guys in bad spots. You know, blah, blah, blah. This dude is saying that? The same dude who they made these rules for? What a hypocrite. I mean, I can hear you saying that, and your argument makes sense. They did make those rules for that guy and guys like him. Stupid rule. You know, rules about protecting the passer. Not roughing the passer. Ask Grady Jarrett and all the Falcon fans about that. I see you working. You're not wrong. That's true. Bacon 46. For him to be cracking back on the rules when he was the beneficiary of those rules is pretty rich. But I will say this in his defense. 
he did actually do a lot to protect himself. He got the ball out more quickly than anybody else. But very clearly, he thinks that the rule changes are not good for the product. He's using his experience and his knowledge to push back against what he believes to be garbage. I mean, let's face it. The guy did play until he was as old as dirt. He lived it. He played in more eras than anybody ever has at the highest level that we've ever seen. Era, era, what's up there, era, around me? So I think a lot of what he says, he consider the source. I need some more footloose, man, because that guy got so loose. I've never heard him in an interview like that. That was just so aggressive. Hey, Bacon Face, love to hear it. Dude, I love to hear you get real with it. Dude, I thought for sure them committing, like, whatever the number is, <laughs> love the lead analyst, it. 35, 39 million. I normally don't get caught up in that, as you know. I don't talk about that too much. Like, Greg Olson is really good. Really, really good. And I thought to myself, I understand why they're paying Bacon Face all that money. They want the star, but they're not going to get any good analysis or takes because this guy never has anything to say about anything ever ever i'm not saying that this guy will show up on the network and give you that but if that guy shows up on the network and gives you that i'll be shocked but if he does that'll be incredible then you're getting your money's worth but i think that's pretty provoking thought provoking because that guy generally does not talk like that not publicly so good to see it love to see it Love to see it. I did not think you had that <laughs> in you. Love to see it. Love BF. To see it. I was not looking forward to hearing you in a booth because I thought we'd get the same old corn. But that was not the same old Mr. Nice Guy, old shucks, cornball. I dig that, man. That's not nice, Tommy. That's accurate. Bacon 46. Dude, cut loose, my dude. Your next chapter, I got to admit, your next chapter is getting more interesting by the day, old man, when I didn't think so. There was a time when I thought he was the most fascinating guy in the world, and then he got a phone and figured out how to use it. And I'm like, man, the more I find out about this guy, the less interested I am. He was so much cooler when he had this mystique and this aura and never opened his mouth. And then he started to open his mouth and thumb things out and post things, and I'm like, damn, this nerd is boring. But now he's coming around again. Yo, old man, bacon. Cut loose, dude. Foot loose. <laughs> That's some pretty strong commentary. I like it. Yeah, give me a little more of that from Stephen A. Smith. I think there's PF a lot 46. of mediocrity in today's NFL. Yeah. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. I think the coaching isn't as, as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. So I just think the product, in my opinion, is less than what it's been. I'm telling you, this guy literally just went, take, 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 bam. That's all I've ever asked of any of you clones. Brevity. Consistency. Biting. That a boy. I like that. Now we're done. I know we're done because the song ended. Now I'm done. When we come back, I want to talk some hockey. Vegas, Golden Knights hockey. Bruce Cassidy is going to join me via Zoom. That's coming up next. Do not go anywhere. But first, here is a sports update for y'all.
Here's Marco Belletti. It's all day in the jungle. Welcome back. I'm Jim Rome. Some good interviews, including my son in studio. Can't lie. Enjoyed that a lot. We talked a lot of football. Let me change up on you right now. I want to talk some hockey. Not just any hockey, but Vegas. Golden Knights hockey. We were joined by the head coach there. He is in his second season there. He previously served as the head coach of the Washington Capitals and the Boston Bruins, reaching the Stanley Cup final with the Bruins in 2019. He won the Jack Adams Award as the NHL's top coach of the 2019-20 season last year. Led the Golden Knights to their first Stanley Cup win in franchise history. On top of all that, Vegas is 13-4-2. They've got the best record in the Western Conference. They take on the Stars tomorrow night. We are joined by Bruce Cassidy. Bruce, it is great to have you back. How are things? Things are good, Jim. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate oh, it. Yeah, I appreciate it too, Bruce. Great to have you back. I always appreciate the conversation. Listen, you're taking the ice with a bullseye on your back every single night right now. You know, maybe you can tell me, does that kind of ease up once you get into the season? But Or as the former or as the Stanley Cup champs, are you getting everybody's best shot every single night? Well, it's a good question. It's the first time I've gone through it. So uh, I think up till now we certainly have. My guess is uh, the second half of the season, um, some of that will wear off depending on where we are. I think if we're still in the top, we will. If we fade a little bit, it'll go the you know the arrow the the bullseye goes to other teams. But I still think we're a measuring stick. That's usually the way it works when you've had success. So um, it's actually a good problem to have. It is a good problem to have. And I was going to ask you specifically the reason I bring that up, Bruce. Aside from the fact that you did win it all, you got off to an amazing start. I mean, you won in in your first ten games. You had nineteen points out of a possible twenty points. I'm curious, how hard did you and your staff home, hammer home the importance of getting out quickly, rooting out any complacency or any possibility of a cup hangover? Because you got off to such a great, great start. Yeah, you know, I talked to a few other coaches in the league and then some of our players that have been there and, and our assistant coach, John Stevens, won twice in L.A. with the Kings. So what we came around to is we were going to run the same camp as last year. We we're just going to be a little more efficient with our time. And then early on, and we were going to try to manage uh, some rest with practice. And it w- worked out well for us. I think we have our legs and energy a lot of different uh, most nights. Um, we're able to find ways to win early on. I don't think we played great, but well enough to win. Uh, now I think, it, ironically, we're playing a little better, but uh, pucks aren't going in the net for us. So it kind of balances out. That's, you know, that's sports. And um, But that was our plan, to try to be a team that can continue to do it, not be a one and done. I know that takes a while, um, years probably, before you can judge a team on that. But that was a bit of our messaging, messaging as well. We're we're built uh, with the age group of our team and the salary cap situation. We can go on a good run here for a number of years, and that's what we're trying to drive home. Bruce Cassie joining us. I think that's really interesting that you wanted to hammer home that point. We do not want to be one and done. You know, when you and I spoke last February, you were pretty upfront about talking about how there's still a place to coach guys hard. Guys don't mind that. You can coach players hard, and especially in a sport as physical as hockey. So I know you laid out your approach right now, but I'm curious, when camp came around, did you feel like maybe – we have to raise the standard even higher and ask even a little more of guys, or did you back off a little bit? Uh, we talked about our standard for sure. So I don't know if we're asking for more, but certainly meet it uh, where it is now. Um, 
because it was a pretty successful standard last year. So teams around you are going to get better. Some will drop off a little bit, but the teams that want to get there are going to get better. They're going to have motivation. So we understand that. We do have a veteran group. So there's a little more trust this year because I know the group and what they accomplished last year than at this point last year and even in February when we spoke. But at the end of the day, there's still standards that have to be met. And if that means reminding the guys and challenging guys and being hard on guys, then that's what we're going to do because, you know, like I said, we don't want to be a one and done. So uh, there's a little bit of that accountability that has to be met. Um, you hope the players kind of put it on one another to do it, but that's our job as coaches and we'll do it if need be. I was going to say that. That was my next point. You know, those best, the best teams are player led teams or players that have that kind of responsibility. Of course, it helps when you got a guy who's got that C on the sweater in Mark Stone. I've always said, Bruce, that the guys who have the C on the sweater in the NHL are some of the most unique and uncommon leaders in all of sports. And then you've got Stone. I mean, shoot, the team owner, Bill Foley, describes Stone as his hero. I mean, that's so unique. How would you describe your captain? And in your mind, what separates him from the rest? Well, he, he's not a loud guy. He, he'll speak up when needed, but he leads by example. And his emotion uh, is contagious on the ice. Uh, he gets very excited when he scores, obviously, or makes a nice play. But he does for everyone else as well. So he's happy for people's success and you know, in our locker room. And um, and just a really, really cerebral player, too. You're going to get an honest answer from him. When you go to him and say, hey, what's the state of the team? How, you know, how we feel and where's it, et cetera. He's not going to BS you. He's going to tell you like it is. I love that about him. And he's going to go to work every day. So, And right now he's healthy. Don't forget, he's had two major back surgeries. So he's feeling good about his health um, and his game right now. And I think that's something we, you know, we're all hoping stays with him because he had a couple of tough years there. I was going to ask you about that. That is the biggest thing for sure with him. We're talking to Bruce Cassidy. You know, Bruce, when we spoke last also, you talked about how much you appreciated Vegas as a great hockey town. Like they were learning more and more about the sport. The energy is great. The enthusiasm is great. I actually went to Vegas for the first time in years, a couple of weeks back. It's incredible how much that town has changed. I mean, what's amazing is we're talking about a great hockey town. We're talking about arguably the entertainment capital of the world. The Raiders are there. The F1 race was there this past week. Major League baseball owners approve the A's moving there. So for those who have not been lately or never been, how would you describe that town and how in the world does it support all these entertainment options? Well, again, I've been there a year and I was like you, I didn't know a lot about Vegas other than the strip. Now you get there and you have a family. So you see another part of um, just a normal community that thrives with good schools and kids playing sports. And I think those people are the ones that are driving the the entertainment industry to assert with the local teams, you know, you got the, the tourists obviously coming in, they're driving a lot of the shows and the entertainment part of it. So you got a mix of both, right? So uh, happy to see baseball come, uh, love the game, love the sport. Hopefully it does well. That's three major sports. And, you know, I've heard rumors about basketball. So man, you get a basketball team here. Now you're on the market, you know, you're in, in with the Boston's and the New York's and Phillies that have all the major teams right in the East coast and the LA's on the West. So uh, love to see it happen. Uh, lots of room, I think, and for growth in sports here. Uh, the support we'll see, right, I guess, over time. But uh, the Raiders are doing well. I think we've sold out every game, if I'm not mistaken. So a lot of sports fans here that are, are willing to you know, put their money on their local team. It's so incredible. Like, was I, I find it hard to believe, like, as an L.A. native, I can't believe that the NFL was out of this market for 20 years. And then in Vegas, it was never, ever going to happen. And then the landscape changes. And I think that town can't support it. I mean, the energy's there. The support is there. You've got a lot of fans coming in. Let me ask you about that game tomorrow night. You go up against the Stars, and that's always an interesting matchup. You beat Dallas 
to in the conference final to get the trip to the Stanley Cup final. You beat them in a shootout last month. It's always intense when these two teams get together. What are you expecting from Dallas tomorrow? Well, we ended their season last year in this building or in the, in their building. So I expect them to come out and want to punch us right in the mouth, to be honest with you, and, and get after it. So it should be a great hockey game, probably a little more playoff feel to it. That's how it was uh, in our home game earlier this year. A lot of physicality, a lot of tight checking, and uh, we were able to, I think it was a shootout we won in, but I expect another one of those types of games. It'll be hard fought, and the team that makes one more player, gets one more save or timely goal than the other will probably end up winning the game. Love it. It's going to be a great one. Vegas out quickly again, 13-4-2 overall. They've got the best record in the West. Their head coach is Bruce Cassidy. Bruce, really appreciate you coming back on the show. Loved it the first time you did in February, and great to have you back. Thanks so much. Good luck in that one. Yep, thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. Great talking to you, coach. Thank you, Bruce Cassidy. That's a pro. That's a great coach. Great coach. And Vegas is something else. I mean, I mean that. Remember for a long time, it was so taboo. Like, there would never be pro sports in Vegas. Ever, 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 ever. And then all of a sudden, there was. And you've got hockey, and you've got football, and you've got F1. And he's right. There's talk of an NBA team. The owners approve the A's moving. And the town, I think, can support it all. When I was there a couple of weeks back, before the Raiders and Jets played, obviously Raider fan was everywhere. There were a lot of Jets fans. You know, clearly, and that's part of the reason why you don't get that home field advantage necessarily. People make that a destination. They make that their trip. But they come. They come. And there's a lot of energy. I saw a lot of Jet fans in the casinos, in the lobbies. And I saw a Raider fan, too. I did not stay for the race, but I was there the week before the F1 race. And that was a spectacle. I can only imagine what the race was. In fact, I saw the race, and I saw what it looked like, so I got a sense of it. But even in the lead-up to the race, just the traffic, the congestion, the energy, the money, the talk, like it was a big, big thing. I used to make, always make the joke that I could go three months without going to Vegas, or even six, and I would show up and get off the airplane. I'm like, oh my God, this place just looks so different. I can't believe how much it changed in four months. Then I went eight years between going, and I could not believe how different it was. How different? Well, I don't know. The NHL is there. The NFL is there. MLB is almost there. F1 is there. The hotel that I used to go to that was the bleep is now just haggard. Like, everything changes. That's a good man, Bruce Casty. like talking to him. Hey, Bella, where are you? Give me some credit for tying hockey because she loves when I tie hockey. I love when you tie hockey. There's some of the reaction to Tom Brady. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. People just killing Bacon 46. Just in time, 2220 writes TB12 whining about the quality of the NFL right now is the if I did it OJ book. The call is coming from inside the house, avocado boy. Hashtag, wore the holiday in Pittsburgh today. I told you. I told you on both counts. One, people were not going to appreciate that coming from him, even though I did, because he never says anything about anything. And then number two, I knew that was a big day in Pittsburgh. You know, one for three, C1. We're not urinating on the fire, man. Now, now, I'll tell you what, man, we're not going to urinate on the fire. Whatever that means, coach. 
You should be urinating on the fire. How else are you going to put that fire out if you don't urinate on it? If I were you, I'd take a big dump on it. Done already? We're not urinating on the fire, man. Why not? Huge call. Canon essay. How proud he must have been to be Logan's dad. Signed, John Neves. You're right, dude. How great. Great song. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts, and they'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Stop by today or learn more at O'ReillyAuto.com. Well, that certainly was a memorable day. My thanks to the kid, Rogues, Blake Cashman, Texans. They've got a lot of jungle karma. Bruce Cassidy coming up big, closing the show for me. Vegas Knights head coach. Have a great day. Remember, we're walking it off tomorrow. A lot to get done tomorrow. See you then. We're out.